Hello and welcome. I'm Shannon Shotler, your host, and this is The Messy Mucky Middle, a podcast dedicated to talking with real people about the most real parts of their life and career transition stories. Today, our guest is Alicia. Alicia has worked in nonprofit spaces for the elderly at Target Corporation for over 13 years and is now in her fourth year of owning a franchise called Synergy Home Care. Alicia lives in Arden Hills, Minnesota with her nine and 11 year old boys, husband of 13 years, and her new puppy, Winnie. But what we get to talk about with her today is that time spent navigating the messy middle from being a burned out on corporate America person to starting her own business with the goal to be more hands-on in the communities she was brought up in. This is Alicia's messy middle story. Alicia, thank you so much for being willing to share your story with all of us. Yeah. Thanks, Shannon. I'm excited. I mean, I don't know where this is all going to go. It's probably going to be messy. There's a lot of little transitions, but excited to tell the story and kind of talk through our process. And funny enough, how you and I have known each other for what, probably close to 10 years, if we think about like the time we started our journey and then weirdly how our lives have kind of intertwined over the years too. Yeah. It's crazy, you guys. So Alicia and I worked together at Target. Um, Our team's we're in a CFT together, we called it, but a cross-functional team <laughs> together. And then Alicia and I didn't find out until after both of our careers at Target were, were about to end or were ending mm-hmm. that our parents know each other. Alicia's dad has right. been my parents' attorney for a very long time. <laughs> so it's just like yeah. a small world story. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Alicia, I often think that transitions begin at an ending. And I'm curious, what was ending in your life when this messy middle story begins? Yeah, no, good question, right? It's like, let's get right into it. Um, So for me, it was an interesting time. So my boys at the time, I think they were three and five. Um, You know, I knew I was done having babies. You know, corporate America was, to be completely honest, really nice transition through having kids. Target was super supportive of having kids. Um, So I was done having kids. They were getting a little bit more independent. I was coming upon my 40th year and (laughs) I was at a stage where I'd been with Target for over 13 years. And I was like, what's next? And I I don't want to say I was bored at Target because there's always something else you could do. But I kind of had reached a point at Target where there wasn't anything else I was super excited to learn. I wasn't super excited to grow anymore at Target. And so I really started kind of searching, like, what is that next thing, right? Like, I knew what I, 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 this is where actually Shannon, you come in one of the first times and you were just kind of starting your business and you and I randomly had a coffee where we at Starbucks over by Brits, I think. And, and we were talking and, you know, I was just kind of brainstorming, right? Like, I know, I know I'm burnt out with corporate America. I want to do something more one-on-one with people, more ground level in the communities, but what the heck is that? And I think to take a step back, my experience with corporate America is a little different than some. So I didn't come right out of college. So I graduated with a business degree from St. Cloud. And I actually went and worked for a nonprofit right after school. And I was in that nonprofit happened to work with the elderly in a population I actually really enjoyed. But, you know, you're 25 at the time, 24. What do you do with that? Right. And so I 
ended up, um, had a whole bunch of friends at Target, like so many of us. And they're like, well, Alicia, you have a business degree. Why don't you try Target for a while? And, and I did that, right? Yep. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved the energy of Target. I loved working around peers. I felt like there was always something new to learn. I liked being a buyer. One of my favorite jobs was still the negotiations team at Target. I loved it. Um, and I, but once again, I had gotten to this point where I'm like, okay, there's something more and, and what's next, you know? And so I started going back into my previous careers. And like I said, I had worked with the elderly and I knew I really liked that population. And funny enough, my mom actually worked in nursing homes as an activities director growing up. And as Shannon mentioned, yeah, she did. So it's like, it's like, as I started researching, there was all these little nods of like, huh, that's super interesting. My dad, like Shannon mentioned, is an attorney and he actually does wills and estate planning. And so there's another connection with the elderly that I hadn't even really thought about, right? But it it kept on coming back to these things. And one thing that as I was brainstorming that kept coming back to is both of my parents were always like, I don't want to be in a nursing home when I'm growing, when I get older. And, you know, what are those options? And, you know, I started thinking, I'm like, okay, so I've worked with the elderly before. I really enjoy working with that population. I love the stories and just that compassion. And um, I don't know, it's just, it's a different time of living, I guess, for mm-hmm. a better way to say it. And it kept coming back to you. So how do I help connect people in communities and allow them to choose how they want to live, right? And to choose as they grow, do they want to live at home? Do they want to move to an assisted living? And so it kept on coming all these nods, right? So I'm just doing a lot of brainstorming and I still didn't know what I was going to do. And, you know, I kept on kind of getting these nudges like, huh, what's out there? And I kept on meeting with everyone I knew. Right. And I think, yeah, it's, it's, it was, I was messy. Right. Because I still had no idea what direction I wanted to go. And so like, that's where like Shannon came in and like, okay, well, what are you passionate about? And I can't remember our full conversation, but it was a lot of that. Like, how do you prod people and questions? And I know you work on that stuff every day, Shannon, with people. Yeah. And, and even if we go back to the early phases of this, like what I'm hearing is that you knew something was ending in the sense of like, there just wasn't the satisfaction that you were feeling before the energy, like you had been with target for 13 years and there were good times there, right? It's like nothing against the organization. No, I love the people. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like, sometimes a felt sense. That's what a lot of people are describing. Like a felt sense of like, eh. What next? And I re- yeah. yeah. And, and, and I'll, I'll be honest. I remember my, so I'm very close with my dad and we talk a lot about business and different things. And I remember him and he had worked corporate America before coming an attorney. And he always kind of said to me, he's like, you lasted way longer than I ever could in corporate America, <laughs> you know? And once again, nothing wrong. And I always say I needed that experience to get to where I am, but I, I was ready. And what he kept on coming back to me, he's like, Alicia, he's like, you make a really good salary. You're comfortable. You know, you know what to expect, but could you do that till retirement? And that's what it came down to me. I knew that I was at a point where I would not be happy doing that for the next 15, 20 years of my life. And I think that was a big reality thing for me. Like, so this is my choice, right? Like either I choose to stay at Target and be happy and continue working hard and doing my best or this isn't the time for me to pivot. And so I think that's where for me, it was kind of crazy. Like I get to make that choice. Right. And, and Shannon, I don't know if you're, you were like this, but I'll be honest. I, I never really, I always kind of knew what I was doing up in life. Right. Like it it was an expectation. Like I had to go to college. Like that was never even a question in my life. Like you go to college. So by the time I graduated college, it was really that first time in my life that I even kind of decided what was next. Right. 
And then, you know, so many people, we get jobs and it's comfortable jobs and you stay there and all of a sudden you're like, oh, but what else is there? Right? Yeah. The way that I've described, um, like my experience was like, I just got on the corporate escalator yeah, <laughs> and like up, right? up, 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 up. And then all of a sudden when one day I looked around and I was like, oh, <laughs> shoot, wait a second. I don't know that this is where I actually want to be. Right. Or maybe where I don't, where I, I don't want to be here anymore. Like it was nice, fun while it last right. year on that escalator ride, but now I've reached a certain place where I'm like looking around and thinking, mm, no, thank you. What What's over there? So right. how do you, if you go back to that time where like you're, you're just in the beginning phases of thinking and feeling like something's ending here, something's wanting to make a shift. How did you feel at that point in the journey? Yeah. You know, honestly, I was scared. I, I literally, I still remember going to my husband and being like, okay, if, if I do this and I fail, will you still love me? And, you know, such a stupid comment. Right. And like, I'll share more about that story as I move into like buying the franchise, but that was really scary for me because honestly, I had always been fairly successful in anything that I put my mind at. Right. And, and not that a financial piece is the only means of success, but I'm a very, I always joke, I'm a very type A personality, which most of us are at Target. And I like checking things off my list and accomplishing things and seeing goals and, you know, making money. Right. And, um, and so that was really scary for me to be like, okay, we're going to be cutting our income in half. And what does that look like? You know, and, and is this the right time to do it? Like I mentioned, my kids were probably three and five, four and six at the time. And like, you know, you're still paying daycare expenses and, you know, we had, we, we have been very blessed to live a life where we traveled a lot and we had a, you know, a fairly nice house and, you know, luckily we didn't have to change any of those things, but it did make us take a big step back and reevaluate our budget, which we we had never even looked at a budget, right. To be completely honest, because we didn't have to. Yeah. So it's like a reevaluation of what's really important, what matters and how money choices align to what matters for you. I know. Which makes me kind of mad now, right? Like I wish I would have not gone out to eat as much or, you know, those like those silly little things, but you know, those are all good experiences. So I don't regret that. Yeah. Is it fair to say that you didn't feel confident at that phase of the journey? Absolutely. I did not feel confident because, you know, and I'll be honest, it was, you know, I, there were so many, there was definitely people at Target and other friends that I talked to. And I talked about this probably for almost two years before I actually made the job, to be honest. It was probably two yeah. years because it was a lot of ideating. It was a lot of like, okay, what if I do this? And there's a lot of people, so many people were so supportive, right? But a lot of people are very quick to point out the things that are going to be scary about it. And have you thought about staffing issues and all of these? And the thing is I had, right. And I still didn't care. Like I was still like, that's okay. I'm still going to do it. And I mean, a lot of my parents, friends too, because they're in the generation that starts to need this help that I work with. And, you know, they're all like, it's a great idea, but, but this or, but that. Right. And I think for me at that point, I was still so behind the idea that I was like, I'm going to try it. And if I fail, I'm 42, I'm 43 now, but you know, I haven't failed, but let's say I was, you know, 43, 45. I still have this awesome corporate experience behind me that I could get a job somewhere else if I wanted to. Yes. So I was scared, but I knew there'd still be options. Yeah. I had a different guest talk about like taking it to the end, you know, of like, okay, right. so, so if you fail, then what, then what, then what? And right. it sounds like you did a similar exercise of realizing like, oh no, like even if I fail, I have options still, even at that point. Right. 
It's not like, it's yeah. just like the end of the road for me. No, but, and it goes back to like my whole life had kind of been played out. Like, this is what you do. And I actually, I, I have a therapist and, you know, I was talking to a therapist a lot about some of this yeah. and she's like, but why do you need to know what's next? Because once again, we're so planned. Right. So like, if this fails, I need to know right away what something else is. And she's like, no, actually you don't. And I was like, well, okay. What do you mean? Oh, I, I love know. that. But that was, that was a really good thing for me. She's like, but you actually don't need to know, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's dig into the burnout piece a little bit. If we, if yeah. we also like stay in this like beginning time frame of the transition for you. So you, you mentioned in the intro, like I'm, I was born out from corporate America. Yeah. Did you get to take much time to restore yourself? So I, so I did. So the interesting twist with my story is that, so like I mentioned, I've been looking for probably a year and a half, two years for that next step. So I finally find this next step. I ended up finding this franchise, Synergy Home Care, kind of fit my buckets with connecting people in communities, helping the elderly and the areas I wanted to work in. So I'm from Prescott, Wisconsin. Um, It was a territory that was open to buy. And then the Woodbury, Minnesota area. And I still remember this so vividly. It was in November. I think it was November. Well, it was November 4th, but it was right around that week. And I had booked a ticket the week before to fly out to Arizona because I was going to meet with the corporate um, entity and look at buying this franchise. And I get a private meeting on my calendar Monday morning, but the third, but three days before I was supposed to fly out and sign paperwork and that I was being laid off at Target. And my whole team, merch process team was being laid off and a group of 30 of us. And literally Shannon, like I was like, I was shaking because I was like, holy crap. Like, okay. So I was planning to leave anyway. And all of a sudden this happened. Right. And I still remember I had goosebumps and I I was like, holy crap hearing this again. Yeah. Like I was like, holy crap. Like this is the universe's way of pushing me huge. Right. Because Honestly, what my plan was is that I was going to stay at Target till bonus time, you know, around May is kind of what my thought was. I was going to, you know, keep going. I was going to try to start this business on the side and then I would make my choice. And with the layoff, it all of a sudden changed, right? So to your question of what did I do in between? So all of a sudden, so I had, so the way it worked, so all of a sudden I had time, I was laid off to actually focus on myself in a business, right? And I'll be honest, that was the, some of the messiest, hardest time ever because I was still, right? Like there wasn't really anything I could do anymore with Target. I wasn't ready to open my business yet. And I was like, holy crap, right? Like this is it. And for those of you that haven't ever owned a business, you can't just like open the door tomorrow. Like <laughs> there is a long process. Like I would say on average four to six months of opening time. And so I really found myself with nothing to do. And that was really, really hard for me. Yeah. What a huge change of pace to have to absorb in, right? your, in your nervous system of like used to going to work for 40 hours yeah. a week and all this stuff that you were doing on the side to try to ready and prepare this business to all of a sudden then yes. like, whoo. Nothing. Stillness. Stillness. Mm -hmm. And the discomfort in that. That's something that I can very much relate to from my own transition story of just like total discomfort with the idea of restoration. Like, what is this thing that you say that I should be doing? Like, what is this even? Right. So, right. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and so much of our, and so much of my value, right or wrong, is tied into accomplishing things, right? Yeah. And so that worth aspect of, oh, I did this today, I, you know, I accomplished this project. And 
And that switch off was really, really hard for me, like really hard because it was, it was so November, a couple months in there. And then I opened May, right? So that's five, six months of that time, really. Oh, and I can hear that and like smile for you of like, oh, I'm so glad that you had that time to care for yourself well. And also like, let's acknowledge for listeners out there, like just the discomfort that can be right. that time of, of, of a little bit more stillness of a little bit more spaciousness. So yeah. to help listeners a little bit, I'm, I'm yeah. wanting to ask people like, what is restorative for you? to give people ideas of like, it doesn't look the same for everybody, but what really helped you restore from that burnt out place? You know, for me, I still had to kind of accomplish things each day, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So it was still creating an agenda each day, even if it was, you know, go to yoga class, take a shower in the morning. Um, But for me personally, it was like still accomplishing things but with different value, right? So how do you change your mindset in terms of, hey, let's take this as a gift and do things around our house or, you know, just stillness. And, and I mentioned a therapist, I started um, shortly after this, a yoga therapy program as well, which was amazing because the whole program focused on meditation and stillness, right. And just being in your space versus going a million miles an hour. And so for me, yoga therapy was one of the best things I've ever done. Like I loved it, loved it, loved it. In addition to like, you know what? I could actually go to every one of my kids' sporting events, or I volunteered at school if I wanted to. Not everyone likes to do that. Let's be honest. <laughs> but you know, like I allowed myself to actually have those quiet days and be okay with that. Yeah. But I would say yoga therapy is probably my biggest strategy that helped me through that. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know if there was such a thing as yoga therapy. So I'm so glad that came up in this conversation. Yeah, it was. I randomly I had done so right after I was laid off, I had had a trip planned to Aruba and it was a yoga, yoga retreat. And I happened to meet someone there that did it. So that's kind of how I found it, but it's an hour session. And literally you do your talk therapy for, let's say 20 minutes, and then you do yoga or meditation for the rest of the time. And it, to me, it was a perfect combination because for me, I needed my brain to slow down. Right. Yeah. So I needed to reframe how I was doing things in my life. Whereas at target or a lot of corporate America, or a lot of jobs, you're just go, 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 go. Right. You're not stopping. And I even remember a leader at one time at target telling me like Alicia, like block two hours a day in your calendar just to have fake time. Right. And really bad at that. So how do you, how do you do some of that to restore yourself and actually think of what you're doing? Yeah. So another theme that I find in in transitions is reflection. And you touched on this a little bit already, but I'm curious, what role did reflection play in your process of figuring out what came next? You know, I I really, I did a lot of brainstorming with like whiteboard business plans and stuff, to be honest. And I kept on going back to like, what were key words that I wanted in my life, right? Like for me, it was good communication, creating joyfulness, connection with people. Um, And so for me, I, I tried to keep it more softer words, right? Versus like money oriented or goal oriented, right? So like, what were the things that I wanted to do to help people more? So I think that was the reflection I did a lot of, right? Like it wasn't about making more money and it wasn't like the next promotion or the next job, right? So for me, a lot of the reflection was turning that piece around a little bit about how did I value things and what was that value proposition? And I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about money here, but like another thing that my husband and I talked about a lot is that you know, 
me making more money or less money wouldn't change our lifestyle, right? Like our lifestyle was kind of set what it is, but what could give us more flexibility with like time as a family and time as, you know, with our kids and stuff too. Yeah. I love that we're talking about money because I think that's a big concern. I love that you touched on that a little bit throughout this episode, because I think that's one of, I know for me, that was one of the most intimidating parts of imagining leaving my corporate role, because sometimes it can be like a pair of golden handcuffs where it's like, how -hmm. can I possibly cut our household income in half? Or how can I possibly as single people make this move? So I'm glad that, that we're talking about it. It sounds like I don't know. The word that comes to mind for me is external processing was a part of your process too. When you mentioned like earlier in this conversation, you mentioned like, I just talked to all the people, you know, and like (laughs) really allowed yourself that way of, I think sometimes people think reflection is, is just like sitting by yourself and writing in a journal. It can be having conversation with other people and seeing what they're hearing or seeing and what you're sharing. Yeah, that's a really, and that's a good point. And I think, you know, that's, that's my business side, right? I'll kind of say that, but like I wanted, and not that the business idea I had to be, had to be foolproof, right? But I wanted to make sure I felt really good with it. And to your point, like on reflection, like the number of target peers I had, people that left target. I mean, I probably met with five people that had left target who had started yeah. businesses, right? And that was part of my reflection. Um, I met with, I think, 15 different owners of Synergy Home Care in other states, wow. right? Too, because you know, as part of it, because I, because I knew that whatever, what, whatever I did next, I wanted it to mean something for me. Right. And I wanted it to be thought out in terms of what that looks, looked like. And so, yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of that in between time doing that and then, you know, still making mine, right. Cause it's still, I'm still the business owner, but I think so much reflection to make sure it was the right journey for me is probably the best way to say that. And, and for me, that gave me more confidence. Maybe that's the best way to say it. Talking with those people gave me more confidence to make that jump and be more confident in that decision. Yeah. Yeah. And a a little timestamp that I want to go back and call out to listeners. I think you said that by the time you got laid off, you'd already been thinking about this for two years. I had. Yes. Yeah. And so I want to call that out because the latest research in transition tells us that the average transition nowadays, like major ones, like the ones that we're talking about with Alicia today, that they can take five years. Wow. (laughs) So the fact that you spent two years before you even got to the point of saying yes to this path, I think I just want to normalize that for folks a little bit and and pause on that highlight (laughs) of like, let's normalize that these things can take time and your pace is perfect Mm -hmm. and you don't have to rush and race in and, and just buy the franchise already. Like you get to please take your time (laughs) and go at a pace that your own nervous system can tolerate in terms of how you move through change. So, and I wonder too, if some of the things you were just sharing touch on experimentation. So experimentation is another big, big theme in transition. I'm curious, were there different possible paths that you considered? Okay. Tell us about that. Yeah. So in many of my journeys, um, you know, talking with people that left Target, of course, you know, they connect you with that next person and you start talking. And and I had met a woman, Kelly, she's wonderful. We're still friends, but she also was very interested in this elder space and trying to figure out um, something. And so her and I actually ended up talking and we just knew we wanted to do something with the elderly, whether it be help with um, housing or help with transportation or, you know, you name it. And we hadn't really nailed it down and we were brainstorming a lot. And she's actually the one that brought up franchising. And I was like, 
I, I've never even thought about franchising, you know, and, and I'll be honest too. One thing I haven't said is I had never even heard of home care prior to doing my research here because they are not advertising to people our ages. And so unless like you've had a family member go through a major illness, like you, you, you haven't heard of it. Right. So I think to the point of like when her and I started researching, like I knew the group I wanted to work with, but I had no, no idea what direction. And what's interesting about that is, so I started then researching franchises and the rest kind of fell into place, to be honest. I liked what Synergy was saying. The territories were open. I liked their concepts, so on and so forth. Right. But absolutely. Like I went a couple different directions. I also knew I really liked negotiating. So I, at one point I was like, well, do I try to do some type of business with like online selling or, you know, it, it really did them in many different directions. And I think that's maybe why it was like that two-year process, right? Because you'd kind of ideate on an idea for a while and then you'd be like, oh, I don't like that anymore. It's gone. And this is the one that kept on sticking, I think was the, the big thing. Yes. I, oh, I'm so glad we're talking about this because again, it, like my whole goal with this podcast is to normalize some parts about transition. And so yeah. normalizing that there were different avenues that you considered and looking for the common thread that wove through all of them a little bit totally to to then find the path. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing when Kelly and I met like that, we had so much more energy around working with the elderly and like it solidified what I wanted to do. And her and I had actually talked about going into business together, but she wasn't ready to make the jump, um, you know, to no income. Let's be honest. If you start a new business, I mean, I went into it thinking I wouldn't make an income for at least two years, realistically, just with how you invest. And she wasn't ready for that. And what's interesting is I then found the franchise and she didn't want to do a franchise. But for me, that really solidified, yes, this is now, this is it. Like I, I knew that that was the path to go. And and to your point of like the timeline of five years, like I probably would have been closer to three years if I wouldn't have been laid off, to be honest. Like that really was like, it was crazy. Like the push of that was like, holy crap. I'm like, I guess this is what we're doing, (laughs) you know? And I always say like I was 80% of the way there, but that was like, whoa, okay, I guess we're doing this. So, Yeah. yeah. So how did you know what the right next move was throughout this messy middle period? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I knew, honestly, like, I think I still like believe that it's the right way because I, I do believe that I was put here for a reason. Um, but I think, um, like I said, the layoff was number one. And then I think just everything kind of fell into place. Like the areas I wanted to work fell into place. The funding came into place. Um, I met a lot of the other owners in the area and I just felt good about it. Like I was like, yep, this is it. And then honestly, I was really fortunate to have a very supportive family um, to allow me to take this risk. I think that was the other piece, right? And really having that conversation, like I joked, I mean, I literally, I still remember crying when I signed the contracts. I'm like, Nick, are you sure? Like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, we got this, you know? And because even though I'm a solo owner, like he has a big input, he always jokes that he's my biggest, you know, contributor basically, um, in terms of what that is. And, um, it it was a good time for us in terms of life with the kids, um, you know, and, and honestly, even though they, so at the time what they were, I think it said five, I don't know, between four and seven, right. It, It always blends together. But we talked about it a lot with them too, honestly, because, mm-hmm. you know, even though they don't fully understand the business side of it, they knew mom's schedule would change. Um, so that was something we talked about as a family, but it just, everything seemed to be pointing in the right direction. And I was just excited to try something new. Yeah. You mentioned that like throughout the process, different things felt good in your body. It's a common yeah. theme that a lot of people are saying. Huh. And if we can go in on that a little bit, maybe. Yeah. 
going into your yoga set a little bit. <laughs> I'm curious, what does good feel like in your body? If you can describe that I'm, to people. Yeah. I mean, I was excited. I think that's maybe the best way to say it. Like I was excited to see what would happen with it. And I hadn't felt that way at Target for a really long time. Yeah. That's the... In, it, in, yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's the biggest thing where I was like, or I was curious about it. I wanted to learn more. I think that was another big thing too. Like I wouldn't say I'm a constant learner, but I think looking back now, I probably am right. Like I wanted that next challenge. I wanted to prove even if people had told me things were hard that I could do the next thing. Yeah. And, um, and it shouldn't be about proving like it really shouldn't, but I knew I could. And I think that was the thing. Like, I'm like, I see an opportunity, baby boomers are, you know, and then, and then I went to my business side, right? Like baby boomers are only starting to retire. And then the, if the population and the need is just going to continue. So then it's like my logical side kicked into because of all the information that I had really researched at that point. And I was still excited by the idea. I wasn't scared of it a little bit, maybe, but <laughs> yeah. in general. Well, what you're touching on goes back to a concept that I talk about a lot on Instagram, which is the cycle of renewal. Um, And and what you're describing Mm -hmm. is when we hit, there's four different phases of transition. When you hit that phase of getting ready, that's like, oh, the energy is rising again. I have some excitement about this possibility. I have some curiosity about the possibility. Yes, that's beautiful. That's a sign that that's a direction worth heading in. Mm -hmm. So you buy the franchise. You have buy your, the franchise. You buy the franchise. You have your like r- restoration period a little bit. Yeah. You start getting into the business a little bit. What mm-hmm. was harder than you expected when you first started Every, making this? everything? Yeah. <laughs> everything. So I mean, there's so many ways that I could talk about this. So two two big things. Okay. So coming from corporate America, we are so used to working with very responsible people. And that sounds crazy, but it's something I took for granted. So my my example would be like, in my experience at Target, if you had an interview and you would show up and you would be there early. So I, so on the flip side of this business, so let's say I have four people scheduled for an interview. If I'm lucky, one of those people will actually show up for an interview. Whoa, one. that's a difference. That's it, an adjustment. It's a huge difference. It's in a huge adjustment. And once again, and it's not that those people, those other three are bad. It's just, they mm-hmm. probably found a job somewhere else. They've already forgotten about you. And, and so to me, like that was shocking. Or like I would hire someone that I thought was an awesome staff and they literally would then ghost me and not show up for a shift. And I'd never hear from them again. Wow. And so to me, that was such a reality check that this is actually how a lot of the world works. And I was, I was really, really naive to that like super crazy naive. And that was really hard. And, you know, and that's obviously the extreme that I'm sharing with you. Right. And I, and I will say like, I have how many staff, probably five to 10 staff that have been with me two plus years. Right. So you still, you find those awesome people. Also, I'm working with a lot of single moms, right. Who Mm -hmm. not even their own fault, like their kids are sick. Like they can't make it to work. Right. Or their cars break down and they can't afford to get their car fixed. And, Mm -hmm. and all these realities that I honestly was really sheltered from. And I think on a positive side, like it's given me such a deeper empathy and understanding of the world and also made me so grateful for what I have. Right. But that to me was just nowhere on my horizon. Like everyone said, Oh, you're going to have staffing issues. Staffing will be hard, but this never, I never thought this would come into it, to be honest. Was anything easier than you thought it would be? Easier on the business side. I mean, this sounds so silly, but like the business side is so easy (laughs) 
for me. Like, yeah. like sure. QuickBooks invoicing, asking people for money. No problem. You know, like, none of that <laughs> stuff bothers me at all. Like, or, or asking for what you're worth. I think that's something a lot of new business owners have trouble with. Like mm. those were easy. Like I always say the business side is easy. I can go run anyone's there, but it, it was the softer skill part, honestly. Yeah. And so you need to have like that combination. And I think for me, that's where I was really lucky to hire office people that had home care experience that could help me understand that piece more. Yeah. Was there ever a point where you doubted? We were like, oh shit, maybe I made the wrong move. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would say the first year I didn't really sleep a lot um, because I, w- I was so nervous that we would let clients down, to be honest, or I was oh. so nervous, like a caregiver would call out sick. And then all of a sudden they don't have coverage and either you have to cancel or I have to go work a shift. Like I've worked several shifts over my three years and that's not my background. Yeah. And during those times, yeah, there's a lot of doubt. And also because you hear the you hear the bad stories, right? Like you hear the people complaining, you don't, it's really hard sometimes to focus on the impact that we're truly making on people's lives to allow them to stay home, right? It's, it goes back to the 80-20 again. And so, especially about a year in was probably my hardest time um, because, well, a, there was a pandemic happening, if you've heard of that, but, <laughs> um, you know, but that affected us all in different ways, right? If, sadly, the pandemic was actually good for my business. Um, these people didn't want to go to nursing homes. And so it was actually good. We just had to deal with staffing more. Uh, but about a year in, we were at a growth part where we've grown really fast and I was still so hardcore in the details, micromanaging everything. And my employees were like, Alicia, you got to, you got to take a step back and you got to pull out of the details because they could see I was burning out, but I was, it was so hard, right? Because it's your baby and it's my brand and I don't want to look bad. And, and that was hard. There was a lot of sleepless crying. (laughs) I cried a lot during that time. I felt I was letting people down, to be honest. I think that was the hard thing because I came into the business because I wanted to help people, right? So then yeah. if all of a sudden you get so personally attached to all these stories and you feel bad when you have to cancel a shift or whatever. And that was really hard for me. Like, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like there was a point where I was actually with my girlfriends on a vacation, thank God. And I do a good job of trying to step away. And I, I literally like my girlfriends are like, what's wrong? And I just started crying and I cried for like two hours and they're like, Alicia, what is going on? And I'm like, it's just so much. I'm like, I can't. And my girlfriends wanted me to help like organize the trip or something. I'm like, I just can't do it. Like I, I can't take another thing on right now. Yeah. And the positive thing with that though, is I think I had kept so much of that in because I wanted to be seen as I was, I was successful in my business. Like everyone on the outside was like, you're doing so well, you're kicking ass but internally I was beating myself up. Right. And, uh, so that to me, how, how that I did more yoga therapy and I did another session of that, but then in addition to that, that's where my employees, I had to set boundaries. And so that's where I like, I literally had to like walk away and be like, it's okay if things fall through the crack, right? Like it's that shift of growth of, I need to trust other people. And even though I'm saying I am, I'm, I'm not letting them do their job. So. Yeah. Yeah. Letting yourself have some imperfection, like letting yourself be a little bit human yeah. in that. And that, and that has been the hardest thing because I am such a perfectionist and I want everything to go well and nothing goes, nothing's perfect. Right. So why I couldn't understand that in my own head at the time, I, I just couldn't though. That was really hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. But I like what you <laughs> that was a lot, huh? <laughs> no, no, I, but that's, this is the kind of real stuff that I want to talk about. I know. There were points in my own transition where I doubted, where I thought, 
maybe yeah. I should start applying for jobs back at Target again. Like totally. it happens. And so to normalize yeah. those feelings and sensations, but then also to talk about like, okay, so then what did we do at that point? So I'm hearing you yeah. sought support. You got back, you got yourself back into yoga therapy. You set better boundaries with your team so that you weren't mm-hmm. feeling the weight of it all right. On, right. on yourself all the time. Right. Well, and I was lucky that my team identified it and they're like, Alicia, we want to take more on, let us. Right. And I think it's, you know, it's that transition of you start a business from scratch. It's just really you. Right. And so like, how do you then hand those things off and be okay with that? And, mm-hmm. and realistically they've made things better. Right. I think that's the piece. Like you get to that point where, oh, I can actually focus on strategy, you know, or I can focus on the bigger things and I can sleep better now, you know, things like yeah. that. But, um, and I think it's, you know, and I think I said, I set stronger boundaries, not only with my team, but with my clients as well. And Mm. it's helped me just be, I'm, I'm a to the flaw, honest person. Like I can't lie for anything. And for me, like clients would call me and be like, can you guarantee staff? And can you do this? And I'm like, no, I I can't do that. And there's companies that will say, I will guarantee. And I'm like, though, so I started putting more boundaries in place and like, honestly, you know, not taking clients on if they didn't have a backup plan. If I, if I knew I could not fulfill their goals, I would not take them on. And so those were things that helped me to sleep at night, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, I mean, this has all been the human side, but let's dig in a little bit more on the human side of this for a minute. Sometimes I, I hear people express frustration about having to spend any time of their life spent in a messy middle. Cause they're like, but I can't be learning anything. You know, like I'm not, yeah. I'm not yet. I'm not in my corporate career. So I can't be focusing on my corporate goals, but I'm not yet like fully launched in my business. So I can't be learning anything about that either. And I really kind of want to just challenge that a little bit. And I'm curious for you to reflect and maybe share with folks, what did you learn be it skills or ways of being in the in-between time when you were in neither role, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I learned, I learned that I was really bad with silence and, you know, like just sitting, I learned I was super bad at that. I also learned that I'm, I'm kind of a control freak. Right. And, you know, just like wanting to make sure everything is going good. And, um, I read during this time, I did a lot of reading and, and I'll be honest, I'm not a self-help book. Like if I read, I want like a beach read. I, that's all I want. But I read Glennon Doyle's book. Um, is it untamed? I think it is. Yep. And in there, she, talked about how she's also like a control freak perfectionist and she wants to control all the puppets around her, right. For lack of a better term. And what do you learn about yourself when you actually let that go? You know? And so I tried really hard to take a step back from those things and like, let my husband actually step up more on different things. But it's not that he doesn't want to, I just never allowed him to before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that one's a tough one. Right. Because I just, I I learned almost the bad habits of myself. Right. And I think I was keeping myself so tightly wound as I had to maybe Mm -hmm. to like keep it all in orbit maybe. And so when I had downtime, I was like, oh, I don't have to do all those things anymore. Yeah. I can relate to that pressure. I mean, I I feel like I lived in the pressure cooker of corporate and then I kept the pressure on for a long time when I didn't have to. Well, it's hard not to. Yeah. 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 Another thing I'm curious about is how your community or support system maybe shifted at all during this time. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a part of transition that we don't often think about on the front end, but then we're like, Oh, some things had to shift or change here on the back end. Did you have that experience at all? 
You know, it's funny. I've actually been, not because of the question, but I've been thinking about that lately because so I recently was on vacation and um, I had a fun injury to my knee, but like, I was thinking about like who reached out to me. Right. And like, who was I talking to? Like, who do you talk to now on a normal basis? Right. And one thing interesting with Target, we were so like, so I have my high school friends, of course, and my college friends, but then at Target, you kind of just live Target, right? You lived yep. and breathe, you know, your Target friends. Yep. And I still have several of them that are amazing people that I stay in touch with, but it's a different relationship because I don't see them every day. Right. So now what really has switched for me with community is, I mean, yesterday I had a coffee with my first client who's a 90 year old woman, you know, and she's, she was lonely and she just wanted to talk. Right. And we've, it's turned into a friendship, but those are the people I'm meeting with now, or I'm meeting like at target. We never did networking, right? Like networking was not something we did. Vendors came to us and like, you never went out. So now I've really immersed myself into networking communities, which is very different too. Right. And it's, it's good and bad. It's, you know, it's not necessarily my comfort level, but it's necessary to spread information about that. And so everyone I'm meeting now are other small business owners, right? So it's, yep. it's just, it's, it's that different, it's a very different community of support and they just, they do, they understand in a different way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that of how many of, uh, well, the, the, the both end of it. I, I still have friends that are my close friends yep. still from Target and I have people that have totally fallen away that I thought would be in my yep. life forever from the that time right. in my life or career. Yeah. And on the flip side, there are people, I would say, frankly, even you, it's ironic because we knew each other at Target, but I would say yep. like, I know you better now outside right. of Target than oh, I ever absolutely. did when we were working yeah. at Target mm-hmm. or like the, a different woman that I interviewed today, who's also a small business owner, you know, it's just like your community yeah. shift and change and that can be uncomfortable. And for some, Absolutely. or like an afterthought as a part yeah. of transition of having yeah. to realize like, Oh, there are some relationships that might change here as I make this career transition. Well, it, it is. And I think it's, you know, what's interesting about my business too is, so I live in Arden Hills, right. But my business is not in the community I live in either. Right. Yeah. And so you know, and I'm working in small towns and Shannon, you and I are both from small towns. And so there's a very small town community and that's good and bad, right? Like sometimes that can be easier for connections, but sometimes it almost feels like, oh, you know, all these people have known each other for 20 years and I'm the outsider, right? And so it's like, how do you find those different ways to, you know, connect with people in communities when you need to, right? And, And I think, you know, where I'm sure you've heard a lot of stories too, as a small business owner, it can be really lonely, right? Because yes. you can feel like you're totally alone. Whereas at Target, I had 30 people every day I could go ask a question to, right? And I and I will say that is a reason why I bought into a franchise because I liked that there's seven other owners in Minnesota that I can go to and talk to. And honestly, I talked to, there's two brand new ones that opened the last few months and I talked to them like every day, right? Because now I've reversed and, and they're mentor, right? But I, but there was a, that was a big reason why I bought into a franchise because I still wanted somewhat of a community of someone that understood my business, right? Yes. And, um, but I think, but that is a big thing that I was not expecting either. Like, it, it, and it's also like one thing I find it's really hard sometimes set boundaries with your own employees because mm-hmm. once again it's super small office right you all know each other and but yet you're still the boss and yeah. people look at you very differently as the owner and you know so how are you okay with some of those things and yeah little things like that are there they were big ahas for me that I didn't even think about because I'm still the same person right like I'm still excited to do this and I'm in there doing everything so why would you you know I mean 
the CEO at Target is very different than me being the owner, you know, but some people don't consider it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that you're still in a messy middle of sorts? I mean, yes, absolutely. Because I think, you know, like through every growth spurt, right? Like every different level of growth, every new employee that comes in, like there's still like all of that. And I think, you know, like my my kids are super supportive. It's really funny. My nine-year-old asks questions all the time. He's like, how about this client? And did they die or are they healthy? Or how how's that caregiver doing, right? Um, and sometimes that's hard for my kids because what they say I work, I always say I work different hours now. I don't work more, but I'm always thinking about work because it all stops at me and people call me sometimes in the middle of the night. And so I, you know, that can be hard for my kids. They're like, yo, you're just not, you're always working. I'm like, well, no, I'm actually home more or, or, you know, I can go to your sporting events, but I still have to be available. So I think that gets kind of messy or, um, or when I'm tired and stressed out because I just can't handle one more thing at the end of the day, you know, Yeah, that's messy. And then I think it's always, you know, you know, managing through a pandemic and like figuring out what are next steps, right? Like you're always kind of thinking for what, what's next, you know, Mm -hmm. and even if you're in a profitable growth trajectory, still, it's still a business, right? And, and I have 45 employees that I have to make sure can keep a job, you know? So it's just, it, it gets messy in different ways, maybe is the best way to say it. Yeah. And that's kind of my take on transitions now too, after doing this work for five or six years is like, I think life (laughs) is just a series of transitions. And so I'm so happy for the people who answer this question are like, no, I feel great and grounded. And I wish totally relate to the people who are like, nope, it's, it's always going to be messy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I get kind of scared when everything's too perfect. Like I'm always like, okay, what's next, you know? And Um, I'll throw this in because this is something my therapist that helped me a ton was two different things. One was, so obviously being in a people business, like I always want to, I'm a people pleaser. I want people to be happy. I want them to be content, you know? And, and one thing my therapist said, she literally, she's like, Alicia, she's like, you can't control other people's emotions. You can't control them being happy. And I'll be honest, I laughed at her. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, that's my job, you know? Like, well, of course I can. And she's like, no, you can't. And I'm like, okay, thank you. That's a really good nugget, right? Like it, it's true because I can't, like, I, I joke sometimes I could give every one of my employees a million dollars and they're still going to complain about something. Right. Yeah. So, so how are you okay with that? And then the other piece she told me that I, I really try hard when I'm really feeling that messy middle piece is like, you can't control the what ifs and how much time are you spending worrying about the things that could happen that are never going to happen. And so those are things that I, I really try really hard to reflect on when I'm having a bad day, to be honest. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, and those might be your tips, but I'm curious, what else do you want people to know who may be navigating transitions similar to you? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, like, you know, it almost sounds negative. A lot of stuff we've talked about, I I don't regret what I did. Like, I'm really happy to have learned all of these things about myself. Right. And, and I also think of like, I was joking with someone earlier today, like, there's things that I used to be nervous about at Target. Like, I feel like if I went back there now, I'd be like, oh my God, this is, you know, nothing to be stressed out about. Right. But so like, I've grown so much as a person in terms of that. And I think my confidence now, right. Like, of course I still, you know, worry sometimes about things, but like the things that I've normalized in my life and now can make them feel better maybe. 
so to me, and so I think that even, even all this, I, w- I don't regret it. I always say, I still wouldn't go back to Target. Like I'm really happy with the choices I've made. And I just, I know how much I've learned and I, I've been very challenged, right? But like, yeah. that's what I was looking for. I, yes. I was bored, you know, I was looking for what's next. And I think, you know, so how do you, how do you remember those pieces? And, and this is what I need to do a better job. Like, how do I journal on those really good things each day that happen? Right. Or like, how do you remember those in those bad days? But I think for me, like, I'm just, I'm happy I did it. You know, I'm happy I took that and, and I still feel, so let's say, you know, I, I don't know what this will lead me. I don't see my, myself doing this till retirement to be completely honest, but mm-hmm. I do see myself doing this for the next five years and you know how how do I use that to then maybe shape that next part of my life and I think you know that's the cool thing I think like when I started this I was like this has to be my be my forever well no it doesn't like but how does this help form what is next you know how does this help me get ready for what that next step is and so that's been pretty cool yeah I love that and it's it goes back to something that I feel like we touched on earlier on of like it's there are new possibilities that are opening up for you as a result of you even having the courage to take this move, to make this move. Yeah. And now it's like, whoa, there's so much more that's possible for you. Right. I'm maybe making an assumption there than there was before of like possible yeah, selves no. that you could try on from here because you did this thing that was really right. and bold and courageous. Yeah. And whereas before I think I did that, like even a year into this business, I was like, oh, this has to be my forever. And no, it doesn't, you know? And I think it's given that from to me, right? It's that that part has been a very good, different perspective that I wasn't expecting either. Yeah. yeah. So final question. It's a little bit of a different one, but I, I love to ask it to hear the range of answers. <laughs> what okay. is most important to you now at this new point in your life? balance. I mean, we were talking late, we were joking later that we're Libras, right? Um, Or earlier, Um, but it is, it always has been. And I think what keeps coming back to me right now is also that joyfulness. And I think it's, how do you enjoy those little moments and be present, you know? And um, yeah, it is. And I think also being kinder to myself, that acknowledging that whether, you know, you're working in a business that's with people or just a true widget, right? We used to always say widgets at Target, like it's still a business, you know, and how do you set boundaries and um, yeah, how do you feel okay with that and just live each day the best you can really? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Alicia, thank you so much for being with us and sharing yeah, your story. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Here's three things I'm taking away from this episode. First, external processing is such a valuable tool. You can absolutely talk with people and whiteboard your ideas out before you ever have to make the leap. Talk to people who are doing what you think you want to do, other business owners, a coach, a therapist. Alicia is such a shining example of leveraging this to move toward what's next. What a great way to build knowledge and confidence before you ever have to make the leap. Second, Sometimes who you want to serve is the thread to pull before ever thinking about what skills can transfer or how much money you can make. I love how clear Alicia was on who she longed to serve and how she let that guide her exploration of possible next paths. So who do you most long to serve? What populations do you long to support? Third, you just can't control the what ifs. And you don't actually need to know what's 30 steps down the road or how the story is ever going to end. What if you just know what the very next step is? Can that be enough? I love how Alicia leaned into that and learned to be with the unknown. 
Now for a sneak peek. Next week, I'm sharing my interview with Marisa, talking about a transition she made back in her 30s when she went from a career in semiconductor sales to returning to school. Last but not least, if you think this episode might resonate with a friend, please do share it with them. And if you like my energy, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast, connect with me on Instagram, or learn more about my work at shannonshotler.com. Until next time, go forth into your very own messy middles with courage and compassion.